This is First, Last, Best, Worst. The only podcast recorded on a Tascam 4-track cassette tape. We explore the craft of songwriting with our guests as they perform the first, last, best, and worst songs they've ever written. I'm your host, Carl Banks. I'm Taylor Rogers. And I'm Paul Blackwell. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. How's the being a host working out for you recently? Uh, I mean, just now, I mean, I feel like you weren't even going to introduce me as the other host. Sometimes I feel like yeah. I want to be just main host and I feel like I'm trying I to... I kind of get that feeling too, Carl. <laughs> so you know what? Right now being with this whole kind of power play situation going on right now that, you know, which, but you know, I don't want to do this in front of our guests. I, I feel weird. We but... barely even know this guy and now we're airing our dirty laundry on... Well, that brings up another point. I want your laundry uh, smells really bad. Yeah, it's laundry. It's dirty laundry. <laughs> Why are you carrying around a bag of dirty laundry all the time? I'm not, oh, Carl. No, it's at my house. <laughs> See, oh, you just make up all this stuff, and people are going to think that I carry a, a bag of dirty laundry around with me all the time, even though I don't. And you can get away with it because people don't see me because this is an auditory medium. Well, and yeah. I want to make it. I want to set the record straight once and for all for all the listeners. That I do not carry around a bag of dirty laundry with me all the time. I keep it at my house and I wash it. Uh, once a week or sometimes twice a week. Twice a week? I mean, or uh, once no. every two weeks. Once okay, every two weeks, go. that's what I meant. I was going to say that sounds right. Maybe it's because I was in your room a couple weeks ago and I uh, met your laundry there. So maybe that's why it was in my head. Okay, or yeah. maybe I'm just okay, lying. So sometimes completely. I have smelly laundry because I work out, I exercise, and I get sweat in in my clothes. So that's this what happened. This is not a podcast about laundry, though. This it's is not. a podcast about Paul's uh, haircut, and we've been discussing... Paul does not want to talk about his new haircut, uh, but I think it's something that we need to talk about. He's He seems embarrassed about it, but I want to say uh, for everyone, to everyone out there, it looks good. Paul has a good haircut. And I, didn't, I didn't even notice it until you mentioned something earlier. Yeah, so everyone, uh, you know... Uh, you know why not? Why not like one of his Facebook pictures <laughs> of his g- new haircut? And make we know, him feel better for you. I don't want a mopey sound man being all sad <laughs> about his haircut, forgetting to fucking you know twist the knobs right because he's bummed out. Well, I he didn't want to talk about it, but I would he like. He didn't want to talk about Paul, it, but now we're, yeah. Can you turn your mic on in there? It's not a, it's not a recording mic. Oh god damn it! <laughs> I uh, thought yeah. you were gonna have to talk about it. Well. <laughs> let's right. just try to describe it it was longer and now it's like shorter yeah it's definitely shorter and in in, in in a straight line it, there's a little bit of a flare out yeah yeah you'll see it we'll post pics yeah we're gonna post pics for sure um yeah so just remember to like pics of paul's new haircut <laughs> um and we'll be bringing this up again at the end of the show so you don't forget to do it yeah, yeah. and periodically throughout, <laughs> throughout the, the show every three to four minutes it's just something we're really into. Another thing we're really into is our guest today. And our guest today is Sean Cahill, also known as the next great American novelist. Hello. Thank you for having me here. Good to have you yeah. here. Yeah. And that's not just your name. That's the name of your band and what these songs are performed under, correct? Exactly. All right. Excellent. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for making the trip out to bed today. And uh, we would love to hear your first song. All right. Let's do it. So this is a song... You guys asked me to play the first song that I've ever written, and so I had to think back to that song, and I guess we'll get into it a little more, but I'm just going to go for it. So I guess I knew what was happening 
Yeah, I knew what was going on. Why didn't I change it? Well, I guess I didn't know it was wrong. Happened just a week ago. I told you I had to move. You fell down and broke two tears. Now it seems you hate me. Now it seems you hate me. Because I'm gone. Just to tell you something, we both have to move on. Can't you feel the pain, pain, pain? Can't you feel the pain? <laughs> yeah, great. It was a real uplifting uh, first tune you wrote there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Can, you, can you date that? Can you I can. Uh, so I wrote that when I was seven years old. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. Wow. I and think that might be the youngest first song that we've, we've, well, we've man, had. Really. Man, kudos to you for doing your really, <laughs> yeah, really digging your deep, <laughs> man. I, I really appreciate that. That means a lot to us. <laughs> so where, uh, let's hear a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? So I'm from, well, I guess I wrote that song when I was living in Houston, Texas oh, okay. when I was a kid. And I heard this ice cream jingle for Bluebell Ice Cream, which was like, you know, the local kind of ice cream mm-hmm. in that area. And they had a, a song that sounded just like the one I just sang. But I had to move. I was moving from Houston to Bainbridge Island, Washington, which is like an island in the Puget Sound about eight miles away from Seattle. And there was this girl that I really liked, and her name was Kyle Davis. And so that was like my processing of, of what was going on. So you took the melody from Bluebells yeah. and you just morphed it into what you were going through at the time. Exactly. And there's like a little bit of Green Day uh, influence too. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a mix of a jingle and Green Day. And then, <laughs> Were you into Green Day at the time? Yeah, that was my favorite, by far my favorite band. Which, uh, uh, which album were you into, do you think, at this time? I think at that time it was like right when Dookie came out. Okay. But... The first album I got from them was the 1039 uh, Smooth Out Slappy Hours. So I was digging on that a lot. Um, I don't know that much about Green Day except for Dookie. Was that pre Dookie? Or yeah, that, that okay. was like Dookie was their breakout. And then they had a couple of records before that. And one of them was uh, 1039 Slappy Hours. Oh, uh, did, did that have a parental advisory sticker on that? I think so. Did, yeah. did your, were your parents aware at the time? They were aware, but, but oddly. For Green Day, they didn't have a problem with yeah, not listening cool. to it. Yeah, Sublime was different. They didn't. Yeah, they, didn't they get like a little this. bit more raunchy on right. this. Yeah. yeah, they're a little bit more explicitly like you know promoting drugs and alcohol. <laughs> yeah, and, like, killing partying. your significant other and right. like a lot of songs, people are dying in Sublime songs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, that particular composition was that something that you wrote immediately, or you know, was it something that you kind of crafted over you know the course of you know, I think I had I had time. like a little journal and a little notebook, and I was just singing it. So I wrote it down, and that was really it. And I never shared it with the girl. Yeah, so, so Kyle just, never heard it. She yeah. never heard it. No, and she, I really do. She stayed in Houston. Yeah, I don't know why I'm like all interested. <laughs> <laughs> she stayed in Houston. You moved to Washington, and did you keep in contact with her after that? Uh, or was it just I crush? saw her, I saw her like maybe once every five years. Okay. And then, did you ever have the urge to sing this song to no, her? No, this is going to be the first time that she. <laughs> ever is it something that you want to say to her right now if she's listening? Yeah. <laughs> what was her name? Kyle something. Kyle Davis. <laughs> that's so we make no mistake. That's who we're talking about. <laughs> that is the subject. Just gets of the back song. to her. Um, <laughs> I mean, now you know how I really felt. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we bring musicians in because we want to know where where that comes from. I, I do have to say, I, come, I, I genuinely from. like that line. Uh, 
you fell down and broke two tears. Like, that's kind of a cool line. Yeah, I thought it was going to be teeth. Broke two yeah, teeth. Yeah, that's what and I thought, I too. Like, but then you, like, sw- switched it up a little bit, and <laughs> it got me. You, Taylor cried a little bit. I did cry. Into his bag of laundry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do not have a bag of laundry, Carl, for the last time. And, and that was the first stain on this shirt, which is <laughs> going to be in your next load of laundry. No, I, no, now you got him. I know, I know. I'm sorry. Bullshit. <laughs> I don't know how this even fucking happened. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, you moved then to Washington, yeah. and um, do you and you continue writing songs, or did you go on a hiatus for a while? Yeah, um, I got a little cassette recorder, and then I would just press record and sing like random things. Were you playing instruments at the time? No, not yet. Um, I didn't start playing guitar until I was eleven. So there was a good, like, you know, four or five years of just, like, little kid uh, jingle mm-hmm. craziness. But you always took recording. to it. You, you always yeah. liked to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just, like, I like the earworm things, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so my brother probably is the only one who's heard those recordings, but they're all pretty, like, um, funny and weird. And uh, Yeah. Uh, Were you, like, multi-tracking them, or was it, was it literally just your voice? Yeah, like, it, was just voice. it was just a voice. It was just a voice singing little lines and stuff like that. Uh, but then, so we moved <clears throat> on Bainbridge, and then it was, like, right at the time that Kurt Cobain died, um, and so grunge was kind of like going on in town. And, um, so I don't know. It was just like, that was what I liked and what I was like, learned to like, uh-huh. uh, it was Nirvana. And then a lot of the pop punk bands that were coming out of like Southern California. Um, for example, do you like no effects and blink One Eighty Two? I saw blink One Eighty Two once yeah. in concert. And uh, Travis Barker um, had broken his arm, so he was just in the crowd and they had some other drummer. Oh, really? Yeah. What what era was that? Um, that was probably 2000, something like that. Okay. A little later on, relative to this time period. Right, but, right, uh, right. Long time ago, nevertheless. Where did you see him? In St. Louis okay. at the uh, Savas Center. It was a big, big stadium show. They were, you know, questionable live show. Oh, yeah. Like, I saw them a couple times, but I feel like their albums always sounded a lot better. Yeah. And, like, it was a big stadium show, so those sonically are never the best anyway. Pretty pretty muddy. Yep. So that's kind of where you were back then. Um, uh, Let's bring it it up to the present day. Let's see where you're at now. Um, Can you play us the most recent composition that Uh, you you got? Definitely. So this is the latest song I wrote. It's called Stray Dog. Shouldn't be a problem 
was fantastic Thanks. so how how Thank recent you. is that one so i wrote that one last summer okay cool. yeah so it was um let's say probably around july you're gonna have to catch us up to speed here because last time our last song you weren't even playing guitar then you're listening to pop punk uh <laughs> this is not a pop punk uh song i wouldn't say so tell us a little bit about the progression of your guitar playing when did you pick it up and when did you get into, say, maybe this sort of folkier stuff? Sure, yeah. Jazz so, chords. Um, I started playing around 11, like I said, and it was mostly just like down picking, learning power chords mm-hmm. and figuring out how to play, you know, with my brother and then start a punk rock band. Um, 
Coming up to now, that song is kind of a reflection of listening to a lot of Mark DeMac- uh, Mac DeMarco mm-hmm. and uh, taking a piece of just like the laid back, um, emotionless kind of playing that's also got like a seriousness to it. And mm-hmm. there's like a poetry, but it's kind of carefree mm-hmm. at the same time. And the and the lyrics are really pretty and uh, and straightforward. Um how does that work for guitar and lyrics? Do you come up with melody first or do you write poetry kind of all the time? I think with, with that song, it started with the chords and just like having kind of three major um, chords to work from and then just kind of going with something as simple as I could Mm -hmm. to kind of just let it be um, and not try to feel like I had to do too much with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, that's, a, that's a term they always fucking use in baseball. You, last thing you want to do is too much. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's good. It's good advice. Well, I think always. when I, I don't know if you guys are fans of, of Mac DeMarco, but he's yeah, definitely like, like he's got his range and he never really strays Straight. from it, which uh-huh. I kind of like appreciated because I felt like for a long time when I was writing songs, I would try to like show as much as I could do in a yeah. song. Yeah, I think especially when you're when you're younger, uh, you you kind of want to like just really prove that you can do something weird and crazy with like, right. you know, and you can't hit the high notes and you can do the runs and you can like put a bu- mash a bunch of weird chords and parts together. But then you know, I mean, the 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 songs that really resonate through time are usually the most simple ones. Totally. And I think that you know a lot of. You know, a lot of a lot of artists and a lot of bands like do get a lot of their power by lack from lack of variety. You know, mm-hmm. um, just they kind of have three songs that they just keep rewriting, but you know, they kind of they have a good enough handle on you know where they're coming from that it just still kind of works. Exactly. So. At a certain point, it's your style too. I mean, it's that's yeah. what you're going for is your own uh, niche or style. Right. Yeah. You have certain things that you. We'll do over and over that will eventually, uh, you know, dictate that, you know, what, what your sound is. Sure. And the goal, I think, uh, as always, kind of like cheese pizza is what I always say. You want it to be as simple as possible. You right. know, if you can get it done with just the dough and the sauce and the cheese, you don't fucking need green peppers on there, you know? Well, yeah. And I've noticed from a lot of bands that I know that are like friends or that you kind of see taking off, um, you know, for instance, like going back to Blink One Eighty Two, there was a particular it thing. It all goes. It, back it always to goes back. It, to it begins and ends with Blink One Eighty Two. <laughs> um, but like they had one thing that they nailed, and then it it tapped into like an adolescent mindset that people mm-hmm. could really relate to and get behind. And there was like a passion and excitement about it. And then basically it was you know let's keep doing that and take it as far as we can. Um, of course, now they're all kind of doing different things or at least right. the band's not what it was but mm-hmm. i think like once a band locks into a particular kind of sound and then they can make 10 or 12 songs on an album that sound similar to it or like vary from it a little bit they become kind of a marketable thing that a business might want to invest in or or put money behind because it's yeah. a strong flavor right it's like a strong f- flavor that like does like one or two things very well, you right. know, and doesn't. Um, but but rarely is the motivation to make. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's I'm naive in saying this, but to make like necessarily something that is sells good. A lot of times, you really just want to make 
good music or what you think is good music. You know, I'm speaking to yeah. Blink-182. I don't necessarily think that they sought out to necessarily sound the same all the time. Right. They were probably just thinking of them writing good songs, you know? Yeah, I, I think I think just in general, they're like, uh, you know, I used to think that having songs that sounded similar was a flaw, you mm-hmm. know? And like, it's really more of a, just like a feature. Like if you're good, like your songs are going to kind of sound yeah. the same, like, uh, you know... People say jazz all sounds the same, and it's like there could be no. I mean, the, the spectrum of jazz is huge. You oh know? yeah. So it just shows you how kind of flawed that thinking is at times too. Yeah. Um, so what? What else? Uh, what are? What are your other? You know, kind of. But outside of Blink One Eighty Two, what are your, your uh, some of your other influences <laughs> that, like currently? Soul know? influence, or you know, just formative things. Sure. Because um, <laughs> I mean, like you know, you're a long way from doing a you know songs about bluebell ice cream and you know pop punk so how did you how did you get to here well it's funny because like that's it's kind of where i've gotten to like what i've been doing recently is writing jingles Um, oh so you've come full circle yeah in a way yeah wait you do it you do it as like a job yeah i do it as a as a part-time job What? Um, that's awesome so we landed a jingle for swedish fish oh Oh, really yeah and uh (laughs) It was basically they they had this ad campaign where they wanted to create um, the brief. They basically sent us a brief that was like, create a 90s style uh, theme song, but make it kind of like trap music. (laughs) About Swedish fish. (laughs) About Swedish fish. And like this this narrative that there were all these roommates living together in the house with one giant Swedish fish. Yeah. Um, So they gave you that? Yeah, they like, gave us they gave us that brief, and my friend Rachel is that like is that like one of those like uh, oblique strategies cards from uh, Brian Eno? Sounds like that. Oh I yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, it's know. it's very m- more specific and very detailed, and like yeah, they have an idea of what they're going for, but basically they'll they'll give you a brief, and then a talented producer will like come up with you know content that basically matches like all the bases that they're trying to get. Uh huh. So in this like instance. Uh, my friend Rachel wrote, uh, they, we had the words already, but basically she just wrote the melody and the chords. My friend Jason produced the beat, and then I came in and did the singing. Um, <laughs> That's red. Yeah. It was really fun, and like we landed it, and then later on like they put it up. And it's really funny to, to the way that online campaigning works now is like you'll put it up, and then immediately people can live feed like what they think. Yeah. So mm-hmm. a lot of people were just like, "What is this? Like, this is stupid." And then other people yeah. were like, "I love it." And um, it's best just to not go down that rabbit hole of like yeah. looking at those comments. Totally. <laughs> I mean, in some level, it's like it's not really that important. Right. But yeah. It was cool to find out that like I I checked the track feed and like I think there were 3.6 million views of it so oh, wow. it's weird to know that 3.6 million people heard me man this yeah, is like this is beautiful and poetic <laughs> and it makes so much sense that you went from the bluebell ice cream <laughs> not very far off to swedish fish yeah. and uh <laughs> you know this many years later that's so cool but so, uh but to get like back to like the music thing i think um <laughs> and it ties into the next song that i'm gonna do but elliot smith was definitely big yeah um, i was about to say you know very clear right uh you know, I, I'm a huge, huge Elliott Smith fan, so you know, I definitely recognize a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of his, his influence and in what you're, what you're doing. Totally. Yeah, I think he's just. And you also have a very similar hat. I kind of <laughs> look the same. I yeah, have you kind of look the same. So not only not only a uh, an influence <laughs> musically, but also just an influence for your face. Yeah. You know? 
people had told me that like growing up and you know, I listened to his music in high school. It was right after he died and a basement of a hill uh, on a hill came out. Yeah. That's and when I, I found out about him too, you know, yeah. posthumously. And I remember listening to it and not really getting it at first. Um, cause I had to, I was writing for my school newspaper and I had to write an article about it cause I did the music review and I didn't really get it until I got into college. Um, yeah. and then went through some like dark periods of my life. And then, yeah. then there was like a six months where that was the only thing I listened to. I got his whole discography and like, I didn't listen to any other music and it was enough to digest because like <laughs> yeah. there's so much content so depth and so in much the, depth. Yeah, so much depth and you know, the chord changes and like the style that he kind of like created in his own home recording process and like yeah. how he made his music and um you know with what did he record on? I don't yeah. know. I mean I know Elliot's been well, a little uh, bit, but initially it was like just it was a four track four track task cam, that's what I was hoping yeah. for. That's what we record this podcast on, by the way. It's straight to tape. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're not sponsored by Tascam, if you were wondering. But yeah, uh, and I think Elliot Smith is another really good artist to talk about where like, you know, he he had a he had a thing, you know? He did he did a thing and it all of his songs like um you know, sort of sounded the same in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a very particular way of putting chords together, um, which and, you, and you can this... learn a lot about pop songwriting just by studying his chord progressions. Sure. You know? And the way he, you know, the the way he engineers it, like hard panned vocals, hard panned guitar, yeah, um, it's just like things that will sound really good when you put on headphones mm. and sit there and listen to it like alone. Take a like, ride, yeah. yeah. And I think um, that's been a, f- a funny thing. Like getting further into the music world, is it like engineers? I feel like get away from that stuff. But those like bedroom demos are are what I really love to try to like recreate and. Um, I think he was definitely like a huge influence on me. Well, we're in yeah. a living room right now, so let's do a little bit of a living room demo <laughs> and uh, hear this next song. <laughs> All right, so I'm the king of the segues. Yeah, yeah if you Carl, hadn't noticed, Carl nails them every time. <laughs> word, word. Um, but what set this one up? What, what's the title of this song? So this is the next great American novelist, and the song is a tribute to Elliot Smith. Oh, okay. Um, it's the first song on the album that we put out uh, in 2014 called "I'll See You in the Art You Love." And you guys can find that. Um, it's out there on Spotify. It's online. Um, but basically, the, the chord arrangements are very much in this style, at least to me, what I imagine mm-hmm. Elliot Smith uh, kind of tapped into. So Let's hear it. Yeah. doesn't grow where you are I'm sorry Paul your veins are filled with alcohol and mine were too but I don't know where we tied up what you love into a chair by yourself up until now you've got an enemy who's riddled with obscenities and clean boiling 
Sean, yeah. that was great. That was a, that was a journey. <laughs> that was a journey. <laughs> Thank and you. Uh, I can see why you call it uh, your best song because uh, yeah. it fucking rocks. <laughs> yeah. I well, mean, I'm not trying to be too uh, complimentary. It was yeah, all right. Yeah, but yeah you got to play, play it cool, Carl. Play hard Don't to get. You. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I know why I like it because it sounds cool. Uh, why do you like this? Why is this your? Why do you consider this your best song? Uh, I consider it the best song because I probably took the longest time to write it. Um, There's a lot of parts in there. There are definitely a lot of parts, and it's kind of the amalgam of like you know three or four different songs over a, a couple year period. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then at a certain point, I kind of realized that they all had something similar to them, and um, so I spent a lot of time, you know, sitting there in my college like bedroom tapping on the floor like trying to figure out how to get from one part to another yeah i know that i know that uh <laughs> trying to do the math you know trying to figure out like how to get the lego blocks to sort of right fit on each other in a way that's like you know makes sense and yeah. slow but i mean there's a there's clearly a lot going on there you know a lot of different chord progressions and changes and right and stuff but it does it does fit seamlessly so you know 
Thanks, man. Yeah, it's a really, really cool composition. And it's clear that you like it because you named your band after it. Right. Is that yeah. is that how it worked it worked out? Exactly. I mean, I think in some ways, like that whole thing is kind of a nod to like hip hop. Uh, you know, like you listen to a lot of hip hop and it's like self inflating, like ego boosting mm-hmm. yeah. sound yeah, and we like have, talk. We- and so that's like kind of my tip of the hat to that that feeling or whatever. Yeah, especially uh-huh. if you're like trying to if you're like doing kind of white boy acoustic guitar stuff <laughs> like it's cool that you like you know right y- you know you know swing your dick around a little bit yeah like, yeah you know that's, like, that's, that's cool. pause to think of another term and then I just like i'm just like, going with it yeah <laughs> no that's oh, like that's exactly that's exactly what it is though uh-huh. and i think like you know that's a part of the other influence is listening to to music like that and then like taking it in a different route where it, where it is it like i'm okay I'm okay making fun of myself and like what you know because yeah. I, I think for a long time I used that word the ne- or I used that name the next great American novelist and then it created like this weird feeling that like I had to back that up like you had to write a novel <laughs> yeah yeah and like literally that's what I thought for a long time that I was gonna go out and maybe write a book yeah and, like go on tour and maybe improvise a book and like but now I don't I don't think of that anymore it's more of just like um, a satirical comment about like how we kind of view ourselves and our art and um and if anything it's it's more in the vein of like a Stephen Colbert kind of like tongue-in-cheek yeah um idea than it is like oh I I really believe I'm a genius and like I have all these things to offer yeah like I that's just too much to think about or yeah right but it it also is inherent in making art yeah doing things you're making it to be seen yeah the impulse in there to be the next great American novelist (laughs) yeah Yeah. so I think it's a cool way I think that's cool that you know it's it's a way of like recognizing it and also like not uh you know not disavowing it but like also having fun with that exactly so, what's, what's the makeup for the band so uh it's a four-piece band myself uh jason cummings who is the guitar player um gil alexander who plays bass and our buddy danny share who's the drummer okay and um are those old friends of yours or people you met in a sense in i mean i I've, I've met these guys basically through playing around New York in the, over the last five years and for, you know, various reasons, like we've all come together and mm-hmm. right now we're focusing on making an album. Um, Are these all going to be your songs? Yeah. Some of them, uh, it's been really fun because Jason and I, who's, who's uh, the guitar player, have been writing together and kind of taking on like a more collaborative approach so a lot of the songs on the record are going to be um a, you know basically between us yeah who gets their name first on the uh, publishing <sighs> man i <laughs> guess who's linen in this relationship <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess i'll go with the alphabetical uh it's c-a-h-i-l-l and he's c-u-m-m-i-n-g uh, okay. yeah so. it's mm, bad you. luck buddy <laughs> <laughs> and he's not here to defend himself yeah. either no <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I love that tune, man. It's really good. That little, uh, that break that, uh, you hit that chord and then you do that. <laughs> yeah. Was that a, uh, a method to merge multiple songs together or was that just something you felt like doing? I think so. I mean, I always like the number three because it's just like, usually things come in fours. So it only happens three times mm-hmm. and there's like three rotations of it. So I just wanted to kind of Break it up and and open up the feel to like, 
have it and turn out of like kind of a folky thing and more yeah. of like a funky jazzy yeah yeah and then it, it then you don't know where you're gonna go and then that's when the come bridge comes back in and is kind of like the main phrase of the the yeah. project yeah yeah it's um, me right <laughs> i like how you you get to yell that <laughs> or I like know. sing it but it's cool yeah i want to write a song called taylor rogers <laughs> <laughs> i'd do it yeah. man um what's the uh I, I, we gotta explore this for a second what is it just your name over and over or are you talking about how good you are? I'll, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, <laughs> I, think so. I think so. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to do. The uh, the unconfident confident song. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's that's the whole thing because I feel like um, it's really funny that uh, I think society has given uh, black artists uh, carte blanche to be self referential in their music. You know, like every you know, like P funk going all the way back to like these old funk bands. You know. Um, would say their name during the song. Sure. Yeah, yeah, blues guys, you know. Um, but for whatever reason, like white people, it just hasn't worked out that well for white people to do that. <laughs> um, like I remember there was this one album, uh, I mean, Kill 'Em All by, by Metallica, mm-hmm. which I used to listen to a lot in middle school. Uh, there's this one song where it's like, we'll never stop because we're Metallica. And like, I remember I was like 12 years old, but you. <laughs> Even then, I thought that that was lame. You're like, oh, and this, I was also, this is kind of weak. Like, yeah, it's weak. Yeah. And like the other <laughs> albums that I was listening to, like, you know, it was like Creed's Greatest Hits, which I bought even though they had, you know, what? they even though I had all their studio albums because it had some bonus tracks on it. Like I was listening to like, Are you fucking with me? Cr- like Creed B-sides. And even I knew <laughs> at that point that Metallica doing that was West fucking Lowe's lame. Yeah. Yeah. Three, I listened to a lot of 311 back in the day. They do it a lot. Oh, 311, gonna chill. What? Yeah. That's my Well, and if you think about Sue Eminem, <laughs> like, you know, he had a hit song and it kind of tapped into to inflating himself. But think about how long it took for people to, like, really accept him and, yeah. Then, yeah. and then regard him as, like, oh, he's, like, a super talent. Yeah. yeah. He had to make a movie about his life and, like, <laughs> yeah. there was so much work. And I remember being in sixth grade and being like, I don't believe this guy, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it's a racial thing. Maybe it's, like... Uh, I don't know. I, I think I'm more I align with like the harmony, like interviews with Harmony Corinne, where he's like, "Well, my least favorite music is like white guys with guitars." Yeah, <laughs> and Always. I I yeah. kind of like I feel that, but at the same time, I am a white guy and I right. like playing guitars. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel I feel the I feel that kind of like like if I saw myself on stage with a guitar, I'd be like, "God damn." Yeah, you know, I might like, have to not move. another one. <laughs> but it's like that's what I, you know. No, I, I, I do. You I know? get it too, man. Like when you go to set up at a gig and literally people roll their eyes and it's like, all right, well, just chill. Yeah, just listen to me for a second. Yeah, maybe I have something to offer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Man, tough, right. be, tough being a white guy in America. Yeah, I know. Uh, no, this is not. Uh, we do not agree with that. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're fully aware of our privilege. Yeah. yeah. Um, as we speak into fucking expensive microphones and anyway uh we're moving on now to what you consider your worst song the worst song and um you know a lot of people have gone a lot of different directions with this we've had instrumental versions of songs uh we've had some songs that people close shows with so um tell us about yours cool so this song is called apple picking and it's uh it's a tune i wrote about an ex-girlfriend which is why i think it falls under that category. That's been a common theme too. Yeah. 
Was it uh was she your ex-girlfriend at the time? Yeah, um when you wrote it? Yeah. Okay. She was. But I was trying to I was trying to think back and like go to those good moments to kind of help myself get through it. Gotcha. And mm-hmm. so I thought of like one memory that I had of us doing something fun. Um, was it apple picking? <laughs> it was going apple picking in upstate New York, yeah. I'm I'm not laughing at the activity. I'm just yeah, no, you've nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that's what it was. <laughs> Pretty transparent. Yeah, good detective work, Carl. <laughs> but uh, need not I a gumshoe? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I'll play it, and then we can kind of maybe break it down. That as sounds to why perfect. Yeah. you know, apple picking. The pieces fall into place around you There is a soft brown glow to everything that you do I took you apple picking on the way out of town There is abundant fruit that's just lying around your camera I brought a map of the place and as we filled our bag there was a smile on your face the autumn leaves that brown as the sun lit the trees I feel the orchard stretch in her arms around me summer to fall winter to spring Without you around Doesn't mean anything I watch the pieces fall into place around you There is a soft brown glow to everything that you do I took you apple picking on the way out of town There is abundant fruit that's just lying Bluebell ice cream, but I still think that was a, for a worse song. Yeah, it's sort of good. funny because it's such a sweet song, and then yeah. you're like, yeah, this one fucking, it's the worst. Yeah. So why why do you not like this one? Is it for emotional reasons, or is it... I think that it just is um, is underdeveloped, mm. uh, and I think the way that I wrote it is kind of hard to perform because there's like a lot of words that come out and there's no spaces to breathe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a big part of it. And also, you know, it's just, 
I was trying to do like a, a Delta Blues kind of like Mississippi John Hurt thing, uh-huh. and like I wanted. Yeah, you to... got the kind of finger picking pattern. Yeah, that... but I feel like there could be there could be more done to it. To to it, maybe it's just an underdeveloped. Yeah, uh, just song. not not interesting enough for your. Right. There's your... this phrase that uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard, who is one of my favorite songwriters, always says about what he needs in a song, and it's grit, groove, taste, and tone, and. Uh, if that thing was, if that song was lacking anything, maybe not enough grit or something like that. Like yeah. the reason I would say it's maybe not a Delta Blues is because it's missing. Maybe it's it's a little wholesome. I don't know. Twee, yeah, exactly. Twee, perhaps. Yeah. Well, I mean, as as with the way I explained it, it's kind of me trying to rewrite a memory and like right. trying to find the good and and maybe something there's lost in in how genuine that comes across in the oh, writing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about sure. the guitar you're playing? Yeah, uh, what, um, it's a it's a beautiful Taylor. Uh, how'd you get it? So this is actually my dad's guitar, and he sent it to me recently because I had some shows going on, and um, and so I was just talking to him about it. And I was like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna get a new guitar," and he was like, "Well, why don't you just take mine?" And so he did uh, he ship it? Yeah, he. Uh, no, how did we do it? Um, he, yeah, actually, he did. He shipped it from California over to my aunt's place in the Upper West Side, and I went to pick it up. And so he got this guitar in the '80s, and um, it sounds it sounds great. Yeah, it's incredible Taylor guitar. I uh, wish I knew the exact model of it. It's a um, QX two nine four two. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about Taylors. <laughs> yeah, but no, uh, generally Taylor doesn't have that. It's not known for having a big, b- deep bass or anything, but this it sounds really, really good. I love, yeah, I love it. And it's cool that it was uh, one time your dad's and right, you know. Yeah, he did. Uh, he was, you know, he played. He's an amazing fingerstyle guitar player. He played mm-hmm. like a lot of Celtic music. Oh, really? Um, and then at some point, his passion kind of switched to golf, and I think <laughs> like so his hands kind of went the way of a golfer, of a and, golfer. and so now, whenever I talk to him, he's <laughs> like, "Oh, I can't play anymore because you know." Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I still think he can play. Right. I still try to get him to, but <laughs> for the time being, it's it's in my ownership, but it's really... So his. when you're with the band, do you play um, acoustic guitar? Or do I, you play I play a, a Fender Strat. Okay. Fender Strat and on a Vox AC-15, and um, it's more of an indie rock sound yeah. than these tunes, definitely. Um, it's a whole different vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, those those Vox amps, they um, they barely have a clean on them. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's like that's what the that's what's so fun about. It. I love it that there are not a lot of knobs, and yeah. it's gonna get dirty if you turn up the master. And right. so like, you're just kind of in this sweet spot the whole time. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. It was great, and I like the apple picking song. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm all for it. But yeah, I mean, it was still well. Maybe <laughs> you can help me rewrite it. Okay, okay, yeah, deal. And we'll um, have you back on in episode. 24 or something. <laughs> <laughs> What's everyone's uh, favorite type of apple? Ooh. Red, red delicious? Red delicious. Golden delicious? I don't know. What's yours? You know, man, I got to go Granny Smith. Granny I like Smith. the tart ones. Yeah. No. You, I'm going to go with a, with a gala. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that, my friends, is a good apple. My, uh, my family, every couple of years, makes apple butter, and we like all get together, and we have this big pot, and we put fucking bunch of bushels of apples, cut them up, and then stir them all day. It's a cool event. We did it this year, or they did it this year. I missed it. 
Um, yeah. I don't know why I'm fucking telling you that, except for that it happens. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun facts. Can I come next year? Yeah, you could. All right. I think we're going to start. I think it's every other year. Because I think I need a, a venue for that song to yeah, make sense. Yeah, it would be yeah. perfect. <laughs> when, I'm at, when I'm at Rockwood, it's, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, do you have any shows coming up? Can you plug any shows? Yeah. So uh, right now we don't have any shows. We're focusing on getting our uh, album done. Mm-hmm. But that's you, Are the songs done? Or are you still mostly writing them? Okay, yeah, cool. tr- track list is all done. Um, we're going in in March, early March, to get the tracking done. And uh, basically just doing everything ourselves and trying to fund as much as it, we yeah. can, you know, and get, yeah. get like a, a full-length album. It'll be our second one. Um, and it's definitely a departure from the first one. Do you have a title for it? Yeah, it's called Careless Moon. Cool. Cool, I like that. And the uh, sophomore album, I mean, that's the uh, that's where it makes or break you. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. That's like no, an old-timey... It definitely does. But, like, we've, you know, been working on these songs and playing them around and breaking them in for since the band started, which was about three years ago. Oh, well, that's great. So, um, so I feel really... in the studio, you're going to know what you're doing. Yeah, like, we've we've put in enough work outside of... Um, being in a re- in a recording studio that I feel like it's gonna be this is gonna be like the fun part is just to like get things yeah. how we know they can be right. No, that's perfect. Well, uh, really appreciate it. And your old, old stuff you said you can find on Spotify. Yeah, on Spotify. Um, the album I'll see you in the art you love is all on there. You can listen to it there. Um, find us on Facebook. We're playing a lot. We will be in the springtime. Um, but for right now, we're just kind of getting ready for this record, and once it's done, we'll, we're going to come out and go on tour. All right, man. Awesome. Well, that's well, awesome. Th- yeah. yeah, thanks so much for joining us, man. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah thank Sean. you guys. It was really yeah. fun. So we've been doing a new thing that we're going to do uh, where you get to play a wild card song. So you're not yeah, ending on your choice. worst. Dealer's Choice. That's yeah. what we're calling it, not wild card. And, uh, and we'll, have, we'll have you do that. We'll go out on your song. But we have a couple things I just want to wrap up with uh, my, sure. for my personal self. I'm playing a show February 11th at uh, Pete's Candy Store. That's a Saturday night at 11 and March 13th, uh, a Monday at Sweet Afton in Astoria and uh, hopefully in L.A. sometime. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Cool. I'd like, I'd like to plug. I'm doing a show February 1st at uh, 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 the Rosemont in Williamsburg and by the time that you hear this podcast I will have already done it so (laughs) don't come out to that (laughs) Uh, if you'd like to help the podcast out and uh, uh, you're enjoying it you can one get a hold of us at flbwpodcast at gmail Uh, we monitor that and we'd love to hear from you also if you go onto iTunes and give us a rating and review it would help us out a ton because it gets us in front of new faces and makes us a new and noteworthy podcast Uh, Really appreciate you guys listening. And, Sean, big thanks for coming in and doing this today, playing our game. Uh, you sounded really great, and I appreciate it. Thank you. It was my pleasure. You guys were, were fun to hang out with. Thanks yeah, it's for been, inviting it's been me a over good to time. the pad. Don't try to fucking butter us up, Sean. <laughs> the, the interview is over. Yeah. And, uh, Taylor, clean your fucking laundry, dude. It's, uh, I, it, it's getting ripe. I, it's not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, what's the name of this song that you're going to play out? So I'm going to do a tune called It's Been You. It's Been You? It's All been right, you. take All it right. away. Thanks again, Sean. Deep inside the moon Your midnight eyes 